Welcome to the Dare to Scale show with me, Varsha. And me, Evan. So what is Dare to Scale? Over the years that we've been coaching founders and business owners, much like yourselves, we work through a framework called Dare to Scale. Dare to Scale, indeed. That framework has helped loads of business owners, and that is what this show is all about. So, put on your big picture thinking hat. Oh, and your headphones. And come join us and enjoy the ride. Hello, welcome. Hey, welcome to the show. Do you know, our best thinking time, our best brainstorming time is when we're having tea in the morning. Totally. Yeah, so this is our tea time. It's waking up time and what's interesting is there's, I don't know, like a connection to the unconscious and we just have wonderful conversations and ideas flow and that is really the best time for us to do our thinking, like you said. So we have our cup of tea and we Mm. hope you have your tea, coffee, whatever else that you drink in the morning. Yep, (laughs) and hope you're listening and enjoying the show. So what are we talking about today, Evan? This is such a, I'm loving this very relaxed attitude, not a relaxed attitude, but an informal way of getting into the podcast rather than a very structured way, which limits and limits us. We don't like limitations and... It's less about structure, so it, it's wonderful. Today, we are going to talk a little bit about pipeline, right? And it's like, well, what does pipeline mean to you? Yeah. For a lot of people, pipeline is just one thing, isn't it? Just straight away, customers. How do you build your pipeline? How do you build your customers? So let's take a step back. How do you get to your pipeline in the first place? And underlying all of this, we sort of, we're sort we talking about that where we're doing our coffee, a bit of thinking time. And all of this boils down to, it really is, you know, planning ahead, thinking mm. about the next steps. It's mm. like a game of chess, right? What are those next steps and, and where do you want to end up? Um, and your strategic thinking time really does play such an important part in that to give you that roadmap ahead. Anyway, so moving forward, most people, like you said, think about customers. Why is that important? Well, because it turns into business and it turns into sales, correct? But the thing is, where does that sort of journey start with your pipeline? Well, strategic thinking time for me is five, six months ahead. So Mm. you're planning ahead. And it starts with defining who it is that you want. So with that strategic sort of thinking time, and like you said, five, six months down the track, a goal of sort of where you want to be. Um, But you're also working out who you want to talk to. And in a lot of cases, how. And the purpose for that is then to attract people, um, you know, people who are sort of pre-qualifying themselves, who, who are interested in what you do and interested in how it can help them. So what you're saying, Evan, here is when you're talking about strategic thinking time, you're talking about a specific aspect of that strategy as to basically building your funnel, yeah. basically building your pipeline, who is it, your sandbox basically work, who is it that you want to talk to, what is it that you're selling, how are you selling it, what's the language you're using. So building your funnel is what you're talking about Completely. So you're building your funnel. You really are wanting to work out who it is you want to say yes to. Mm -hmm. So those people who resonate with your message, who resonate with the value that you have on the table and, you know, have a rapport, a connection with you, believe that you're real, you know, and they can see that and want to make that further connection, they'll come and talk to you. Mm-hmm. Being a, the strategy and people side of business being uppermost on my mind always, what other pipelines are there? 
That's a really good question. And you know what? The most straightforward one in, in most businesses is actually your people. You know, in my old corporate career, there were, there were times when, you know, resumes would come in and HR would flick them across and any good ones, you would definitely, you, you'd want to have a further conversation when the time was right. Do you know, there was a concept that we used to learn about, there was a concept that we used to talk about, and I, I still actually talk about, and in many cases, we use that within our own company as mm-hmm. well, is creating that waiting bench it's a sports analogy, so I might get this wrong, excuse me. Uh, but it, it really is a waiting bench that you create of, for, for players. Who are, when one of your players who are actually playing on yeah. court needs to be out, you already have two or three waiting to replace them. Exactly. So at that stage, you're not looking for somebody new. And a lot of companies even do that to create that waiting bench because you already know where is that great talent and you start that conversation and you keep them on the waiting bench. There's a whole methodology that goes behind it. So that can probably, it's probably a different conversation. It is, but you nurture, right? Anybody that meets your culture fit. Yes. You don't want to lose them. So you initiate a sort of conversation and it's a waiting bench, not a sideline. <laughs> it's a waiting bench, not a sideline, so, yes. So you're adding depth to, you to the talent pool that you have. You and, are. and that's absolutely amazing. Are there any other sort of pipelines that you might sort of consider? A couple of our uh, clients, if you remember, we were having this conversation with them and we were talking about another type of pipeline where that's not a service industry, it's more a manufacturing so, or inventory-based, right? Yeah, inventory-based business. So for them, having a very strong supplier stream was very important. Mm-hmm. That, I remember that. I remember so that. having a supplier pipeline, even building a logistics pipeline, how do you get your things across to the customer's hands? So having a supplier pipeline is something worth considering. And particularly when you go through a tender process, you know, every oh, yes. three to six months or whatever it is, to make sure that you're, you're getting the keenest pricing and, you know, relationship with your suppliers. So keeping, you know, constant with them and not being afraid to change supplier, but equally having that depth to your supply chain. In one of our previous episodes, I think we had also talked about this in a slightly different way, and I'm just bringing it up because that was a good episode to listen to. It was about... Also making sure, just as you make sure that your customers align with, or rather you send the right message and the customers that you attract are the customers who come for, why is it that you're doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. It's the same with employees. You build a culture fit first, then you can upgrade them. So culture first, skill second. And it's the same thing with suppliers as well, isn't it? Yeah, completely. So you look for the suppliers, not just because they give you the good product or give you a good price, but also you're bringing in a little bit of thought into it for that longevity of relationship. Mm. I mean, it's, it's almost like that, that cynic thing, right? They believe what you believe and you work together. And it's just so much easier to work together when, when, when you're on that sort of same page. It is. And funny you should be talking about this today, Evan. So we have Platinum VA. We do. And we're building Dare to Scale. We are. And what is happening with Dare to Scale's team? How and where are the people who are forming the Dare to Scale core team today coming from? From a good culture fit, and that is Platinum VA. A great culture fit, absolutely. So we're just lucky because we have 
a massive talent pool that we have brought together, we have nurtured, and whom we have absolute confidence that they will bring their best because they're part of our team. They're part of our family. For the past eight, ten years, they've been part of our family. But I I want to also take a step back from that uh, because you you and I, our ops are very, very good at spotting the talent. And it's not just about... So Platinum VA, there's a certain skill set, if you will. Yes. Right? But there's a strong culture fit that's actually paramount. That is most yes. important. And so regularly, you have conversations with the team about language and, you know, mean what you say and be clear and close the loop, all that sort of thing. And it, it, it's really important to have everybody in that, that same culture and, and using the right languaging. But equally, there are skills and maybe experiences that some of those team have that might not be relevant in one area of the business, but are certainly relevant somewhere else. And you particularly, Wash, are very, very good at spotting that. So that's maybe one of the little takeaways. Know your people. Know your people, yes. And it's easier said than done for a lot of people because knowing your people doesn't just mean what are they good at. Knowing your people means what else is hiding in there? Where's the real potential in them? And you, as a leader of the company, or me in my scenario, is it's up to me to see what else is there? What else can we nurture? What else can we tap into? Mm. What else can we help grow? We should actually do an episode with Amanda, our head of ops, Mm. because for the past eight years, she has really honed that talent Mm -hmm. of spotting great people. Ah, well, that's a wonderful segue because we were talking about people and just keeping an eye on what makes you people tick and nurturing. Yes, so nurturing. So it goes beyond what they bring to the table in terms of their skill and how is it immediately useful for you in the company Mm. is really to say, because I believe that with our own individual life experiences, we learn a lot along the way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we do what we do because we have to do what we do. And yet there is something else that we could do if we were given the freedom of choice and we'd be really good at. Totally grow wings and fly. Yeah, Yeah. and we're very lucky today that we have these two companies and there is so much talent that can be used, which may or may not have been useful within Platinum VA, but just move them across over to Dare to Scale and people shine. Absolutely shine, Because there's opportunity here. It's a different kind of opportunity here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what are we really saying here, Evan? This is a lot of banter going. Oh, it is a lot of banter. The thrust of everything was about pipeline. Um, And we talked about mostly it's, you know, customers and sales that that people first think of. But equally, there's your employees or your your team, right? And building Mm -hmm. a bank, a depth to your talent pool. There's also your suppliers, you know, Mm -hmm. maintaining those relationships with them. But if I can take a step back to employees and your team, nurturing them and getting the best out of them, it actually made me think of something that you talked about the other day. And that is, funnily enough, Hill's Kitchen. Oh, yes. (laughs) I like to watch food. (laughs) Me too, to a lesser degree. But we're both foodies, it's fair to say. Yes, I was talking about Hell's Kitchen, wasn't I? That's because it is a fabulous example of a pipeline. I don't think it's intended to be that way. It just happens that it is turning out. There's a second layer of opportunity that it is turning totally, out into. Totally. So Hell's Kitchen, as you, some of you may or may not know, is a, a cooking competition mm-hmm. where you get, and it's not a cooking competition for home cooks. These are cooking competitions for professional Professionals, cooks. Yeah. So those who have already been in the field and who were brought together to compete eventually vying for 
that top prize, which mm-hmm. is usually a head chef position or executive chef position in a famous restaurant across the world, uh, you, mostly in the US, but they're vying for the top spot. Mm-hmm. So Gordon Ramsay runs the entire show. Mm. And what I noticed, and that's when I came to you, I want to say, what I noticed is during the show, I was doing a little bit of research and said, surely there's more to all this swearing and screaming. And the more I researched, the more I got into this phase where I was reading a lot about how much mentoring that goes behind the scenes. So what is captured on the camera, what is captured not so much on camera, but what is eventually shown into that one episode is a lot of screaming and shouting. But what is not shown is the amount of handholding, mentoring that goes in all aspects of running a restaurant from front of house to the actual kitchen and even to Mm -hmm. suppliers and how do you maintain and turn this into a profitable business. And these are professional chefs, like you said, who already apparently know these things. Exactly. But what's happening here, it's the honing. And I think it was like a side comment on one of the episodes. You said, that doesn't make sense. That's why you went researching. That's that's when I went researching. Because it was like 40 hours worth of footage goes into one hour or something like that. It's something ridiculous. But what you don't see is that mentoring and that hand-holding and the nice guy of Gordon Ramsay. Oh, yes. Who has amazing, I mean, this is also a side thing you found, very strong family values. And there's a certain way of being, and it's about culture fit. It is about culture fit. So the point of telling you that uh, that entire story was when I realized that one of his corporate level executive chefs is actually an ex-Hell's Kitchen winner. From a couple of years ago, right? From a good few years ago. And so it's now been running for 18, 19 years. And I think it's season 10 when the winner, Chef Christina, she is now the executive chef, the corporate level. Wow. So she won and went into one of his restaurants, right? Went into one of his restaurants and then grew through the ranks. And she was clearly very good at what she does. Mm -hmm. She is, by the way. And she was mentored and looked where she is right now. Did she come back for another competition or was it she won no, and then she went No, forward? she didn't come back for another competition. She won and when she returned, she returned as his sous chef. That's right. Oh, she's now amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh my God, oh, Christina. And she plays at a whole different level. Mm. But the point of talking about all this is the season that I'm watching right now is the top prize is of the head chef in the Hell's Kitchen signature restaurant opening in Las Vegas. Oh, wow. So, mm-hmm. I know it was aired a few couple of years ago. I'm just late catching up. So, that's what made me think. So, what is the secondary? Yes, it's a very popular, it's a successful reality show. And yet, what is the second level of gain that is happening over here? Is for Gordon Ramsay, there is a massive pool of talent that Mm -hmm. is coming his way year after year. And what a great way to mentor them and to really see who's good at what they do and to be able to handpick people from there. And I'm not suggesting that that's the only place where Gordon Ramsay gets his team from. All I'm saying is what a great way to be able to bring these people together, train them, mentor them, and A, send them off on their own individual journeys, and B, to be able to say, well, there's a little bit of potential that I'd like to explore Mm. and absorb them within one of his fabulous restaurants across the world. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And by gamifying and, you know, making something fun out of it, and particularly the pressure. I mean, man, the one show, I don't know, it was fairly recently, was you had these amazing chefs 
they had their own sports heroes. And those sports heroes were actually brought onto the show and they were made to cook and the chefs themselves couldn't touch anything, right? And it was about the chefs being able to communicate clearly, right? So there was a lot of like life lessons and mentoring that sort of went on there. And I, I just remember thinking to myself, oh no, this is such fun. And yet, oh my God, so hard, right? But what a result. I know we're digressing and I want to share what the underlying theme for that particular challenge was that mm. uh, if you were vying for the top prize of being a head chef, being a head chef is also mentoring and teaching people around you within your team. So how good are you as a teacher? So go with starstruck eyes and now teach your heroes to cook a meal. These people have never cooked and yet they are celebrities in their own right, but they've Completely, never cooked. Yeah. So how do you put your leadership skills and your mentoring skills to test? And a successfully produce a dish from people who have never cooked before. Fantastic. Wow. Anyway, so going full circle, it comes back to strategic thinking time. What are the ways, you know, by putting that time aside, what are the ways you can improve your pipeline? Whatever that pipeline is and whatever pipeline means to you. Yes. So really take some time and sit down. And this is... Grab a coffee. Yeah. Grab or, a or coffee. A tea, yeah. tea. Grab a coffee, tea. So make this one of your thinking time points as to how do you build your pipeline and in all aspects of your business. Completely. You know what? Mm. There's a different pipeline that also can be built is not so much a people pipeline, mm -hmm. but a product pipeline. But that's for conversation at a different time. Totally. Thanks for listening. Have a great day ahead. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for joining us and listening right to the end. Head on over to daretoscale.fm to subscribe and access show notes and transcriptions. Oh, also, did you know that we have a Facebook page for our podcast listeners? Come join the conversations at daretoscale.fm slash Facebook. Absolutely. Oh, and also remember to give us a five-star review so other entrepreneurs can find this podcast like you and get value to scale forward their business. Fabulous. We will see you at our next show. Bye for now. Bye.